Hello, my name is David Turner and this is another episode of Lunar Poetry Shorts and tonight I am in the Eclectic Gallery in Waterloo and I'm at Silence Found a Tongue. group of people <laughs> in an audience. Uh, yeah, tonight is brought to you in front of a live uh, studio audience. audience. <laughs> it's uh, almost as good as having friends. And tonight I'm joined by Martin Pettit. His Pettit is spelt with four T's, a P, an E and an I. Hello Martin. Hi, yeah, all, all, all T's intact. All T's intact. <laughs> uh, I might drop a few during the night, but fucking brilliant. Poem, uh, please. Okay, um, I, I debated whether to read this one, but it was the first one I sort of ever read, so I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it exactly as I did the first time. So, um, has anyone here, apart from David Turner, ever had a fist fight with a small Asian girl? <laughs> yes, my sister. Really? Yeah. What, what well, she's happened? not here. Oh. She's not here. Doesn't okay. count. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't count. Sorry. <laughs> cross, cross it off. Cross it. Uh, okay. <laughs> my sister is off the list. The other night I had a fight with a small Asian girl. She is my friend. We were all at another friend's house at the work's Christmas party and the dogma of rum was running through my system with a cult-like determination. The mad prophet, Captain Morgan at the helm, driving me headfirst into the abyss where pain and joy whispered with one voice. The official party had come to a halt at 11.30. The oppression of the corporate hierarchy was dispensed with as the vapid balding managers and the vacuous babbling drone colleagues were left in the wake of the lively few. We flew to Putney, weaving through the lights of the city, fuelled by the mere ecstasy of Denisius, suspended by each other's garbled but infinite wisdom. I, I put on someone's hat. They said I looked good, but they were wrong because I saw the pictures. We stumbled down pathways, looked up at many-eyed buildings, down at foreign feet and scuffed pavements, until a door opened and in we fell. When we got into the flat, I remember thinking it was good to be inside. We drank more and laughed, we smoked, some shouted, there was music playing. A lot of it I can't remember, someone kicked over a drink. The night dissolved, fizzing and bubbling, smudging, sound undulating beneath the swaying hum of our heads. About 3am, filled with a hollow need for destruction, I singled out my Asian friend. <laughs> I said to her, Hit me. <laughs> I knew only she would do it. She had a glint in her eye and a clench in her fist. She forcefully thumped my left arm, purposefully and aggressively, and then it began. Others present later referred to events as the brawl. This few we flew, we didn't hold back, and that was the genius. True friendship, our hands passed through tenderness and came out the other side of love. Our knuckles bounced off each other, leaving a satisfying dent in the night and a cavity in the restraint of the audience. Between us wasn't a disparity between size and strength, but a radical loss of self, a beyond. We both experienced as one being. Bang, bang. Fist came down, we tangled, twisted, convorted. She hit me hard in the face. I went down. We fell. She fell on top of me. I clamped, my, she clamped, I clamped my legs around her. We both lay looking into each other's eyes. An unbearable intensity buzzing in the hollowness of our adult heads. I, I love you. I love you. I stroked her face. We talked of our potential, the thrill of total release, the fear, the ecstasy of violence, the danger, the want to melt into oblivion. And then we got up and went to talk to other people. 
You just need a room full of clapping people. You should always have a room. <laughs> <laughs> I think it suits you. Why poetry, Martin? Kurva, Yubana. Shiplasham. Do you know what? I, I, I kind of see poetry in two different forms. Like when poetry, when you say that, I kind of resist it in a way. Like I sort of see. Sort of trite, overindulgent, over metaphorical stuff, and I also see the sort of my friends from when I was a youth, like quite yobby friends. Sort of, they would call me a twat. They would say, "Oh, twat, twat, and poetry for." And that's what I resist. I don't know. Sort of. You resist over sort being of like called a twat. I resist <laughs> being called a twat. Although, well, I like it a bit, but. Uh, I guess poetry for me is not the, not the words necessarily, not standing up and reading from a piece of paper in front of a room full of people, but sort of everyday stuff that sort of slips through your comprehension, you know, like um, for instance, the other day I work in a bookshop and, and this lady came in, she was sort of an elderly lady and she sort of had sort of like a hunched posture. And sort of, I don't know, there's something that emanated from her. Sort of like, Poet is acting out hunched posture. <laughs> I, I don't have to act that out, I, I live that every day. And I don't know, there was something just about that that sort of slipped into my unconscious almost, and sort of, there's sort of a sweetness there and an innocence. And I couldn't quite comprehend it, and, and she came up to the till and, and she was like, oh. and she dropped her money, and she was like, oh, butterfingers. <laughs> and I thought about that for about four days afterwards. <laughs> and for me, that's poetry almost. Not R- Ridiculing old ladies. I didn't ridicule, I, mean, I, didn't rid- I wasn't ridiculing her, I was thinking of her in a... Those, those things yeah, are poetry, yeah. like the spontaneous, sort of passionate, everyday things that happen. They're the poetry. And actually, as a poet, I think, in a way, it's almost sort of a heroic failure, like you have to attempt to render that into words somehow and replicate those feelings to a room full of people or on the page. And I think it's, it's, it's never going gonna, it's never gonna to work. It's almost, <laughs> it's almost like you, you, know, you have to know it's not going to work and, and you do it anyway. I think that's the poetry. So, I was talking to someone earlier and it, the first line of a new poem is just the, the first step on the route to failure. Yeah, 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 I agree with that. I think it should be a heroic failure, not in the like, sense of epic failure, but like a failure that is heroic. Like he man. I I don't want like hashtag heroic failure. I don't want I don't want that. Just a serious heroically failure. Failure that is heroic. I see what you're saying, yeah. You go for too far. But not far enough. Yeah, it's important to use your words proper. Yeah, proper words is proper. So how often do you read in public? Well I don't know, it, it depends. I mean, I come, I'm here at the Silence Found a Bum every night, every month, sorry. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
the mic can't pick that up. That <laughs> the lights were turning on and off. <laughs> Almost like a disco. Poet doesn't understand electricity. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I read at least once a month. It, for me, actually, performing is not a natural thing for me to do. Almost I feel like I've survived every time I leave the stage. I don't really like being looked at, despite the present situation of <laughs> yeah, amplification and uh, lighting. <laughs> and uh, have you had anything published? Yes. I did. Are we going to have a fight yet? No, not yet. Um, we'll get your third poem out of the way in a minute. Okay. What about the second one? Um, yeah, yeah, I had, um, I've been published, but not through my own trying. Uh, I did a collaboration, which is quite interesting, of the six different themes of art, which actually will be my next po one of my next poems. Mm -hmm. And it was an, I quite like the idea of collaborating with sort of illustration and words. I, I really like this idea. And so this is, I had this published in a magazine. Yeah, it always amazes me that there isn't more of that happening. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe a second poem. Okay. Okay, this is a poem based on the piece of art called Chatterton by Henry Wallace, if you know it. Um, it's from the aforementioned uh, piece that I did, it's illustration. It's short. Lying along the ruffled trunk of sleep and wrapped in the pallid swaddling of serenity skin, his hands, a limpid grope, will never again hold the guile to steal those words from the gods. He is now forever watched by a slumber so deep, only the supple tenderness of time can re-stitch his tragic existence into the material of flame red that slowly dissolves from his deathbed. Thank you, Martin. How do you go about critiquing your own work? Do you share it with people or...? Um, I, I used to. Yeah. Um, I don't really anymore. I find my, my process is... I don't know, it's very much finding my own... If I'm happy with it. So I'll redraft and redraft and redraft and redraft until I, I know... I don't know, I, you just feel that the words are, are, are correct. Um, in terms of the audience, for instance, like, mm. I think actually performing and write, and so that one, that poem was a poem written for the page. Yeah. Whereas writing to perform is very, very different. Um, and just having, going to different events and reading different poems, I find that you can't really ever judge it. Like you don't really get to decide what, what works and what doesn't work. Mm. Like one thing's funny in one place and then you'll, you'll say it as if it should be funny in another place and you get nothing. So you don't really get to decide what what, what works. You're sort of yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't have enough time to go into the question of whether writing stuff for the reading out yeah, 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 pages yeah. Is, different, is a different thing. But why did you stop sharing your work with? Did you um, with other people? Why did that change? I don't really know. I don't know. No, I don't. No, I don't know. I just changed. I just changed. It, I, I, it just changed. I didn't feel like I needed to. Or... Did they stop answering your calls? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> it was more complicated than that. <laughs> Is there any way in which you'd like to see your writing progress? I want to see my writing progress. I'm really interested in doing collaborations. I think. 
Like, I love the idea of... With other writers. With other writers or other illustrators or, or, or anything really like that, you know, like almost like I want to get someone like <laughs> artistically pregnant. Does that make sense? <laughs> well, you know, if you get, it's like having a baby, right? If you collaborate with someone and then you have something that's sort of part of you and part of them in, in one thing. <laughs> if anyone's interested in getting artistically or creatively pregnant, then... You have the egg or the seed. I've got both. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Obviously interested. <laughs> um, have another poem to change the mood, please. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> okay. This is a kind of a love poem. Uh, about when I was in bed with a young lady. Not like that, you dirty bastards. Yeah. Far more romantic and existential. Uh, I've been here before in beds like these, where the freshness of unwritten obscenities and the potential for a thousand words to fill the future that defies the inevitable seems possible. And of course I was drunk, I always am. I was caught in the rictus of clumsily daubing upon you our blank page with the illusion of your infinite recognition and approval. I spoke in splurging words about imperfection and love and the raging imperative within me to create a synthesis of the two, which it sort of went a bit like this. Uh, you know, I was lying down and it was a, whatever. We spend our lives hiding in the very thing that brought us into existence, the imperfection, the excess, the imbalance on the plane of consistency. We are the mistake. I want to love the imperfect because the love is the imperfect itself. Love is taking responsibility for the mistake of our existence, the too much that forces the creation of the poetry in the world. Otherwise, we would all be pure mechanics partaking in the rational and efficient transactions. We are not. Let's go for picnics at the rubbish dump. Let's wear clothes that make us look fat or stupid on purpose. Let's eat food that's fallen on the floor for more than three seconds. Let's <laughs> take holes and tear them into bigger holes. Let's... And then I run out of breath, uh, and my spitting diatribe lay in bullet holes around us, and you took that moment to change everything. You looked at me from your pillowed head, something haunting your eyes, a quivering, a subtle divergence, with a smile that wasn't quite a smile, but some kind of melancholy addendum to your face, and you said something that met with all my stupid notions, and at the same time proved them all. <laughs> I don't think you've seen real imperfection. And I didn't even hear your words, I didn't need to, it wasn't about words anymore. I felt the tragedy, the plunge and shiver. Your beauty walked on corpses, but you could see nothing but their stanky faces, as if they were reflected, the reflected image of your own. And my stolen theories and well-worn tirade suddenly became real in you. You didn't need overblown concepts or cleverly constructed lyrics, you just needed a look, a gaze that crystallised it all. And these are the moments that really matter, the glimpses behind the curtain, the exhilarating glance into the beyond, and you were imperfect, thoroughly imperfect, but not in the way that you thought. Stanky, you know. Stanky. I like the word stanky. Yeah, I love good. the word stanky. Yeah. Stanky faces. Yeah, stanky yeah. faces. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you like that word. Yeah. Um, what have been the main influences over your development as a writer and performing writing poet? 
Well, as a writer, I would say one of the big influences was a guy I, that taught me at university. He's, a, he's an amazing poet, but he's thoroughly underrated, and no one will ever heard of him, and he has got a very plain name. He's, he's called John James. Uh, you know him? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, no, 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 he's amazing. He's, a, he's sort of like a, sort of a, 50, a 60s sort of lyric poet, and no one will have ever heard of him, but he's amazing. Look him up. He's got books on, on Amazon and stuff. And he, he taught me at university, and he sort of engendered this sort of idea of poetry in me. And I still, I still love that. Um, I guess the, the, other, the other influence in me would be... There's, there's an amazing book, uh, which has a, another dull name. It's by Raymond Vanegam. He was a member of the Situationist in International Movement. Um, it's called The Revolution of Everyday Life. And it sort of engenders this, this idea of poetry, sort of spontaneity and sort of radical like, uh, energy that just spurts out and... Uh, spurts out whatever and and that's I don't know it's sort of an essay a, a poetic essay sort of the perfect synthesis between poetry and and an essay like academic form I guess I would recommend anyone that to read that book it was, it was a phenomenal that was going to be my next question what would you recommend so well, well I mean uh, <laughs> unless there's anything else of course I mean as you know as a performer I would say in my head I'm sort of half like uh, uh, the guy from uh, Cabaret, <laughs> Wilkman, <laughs> I am your host, and um, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I don't know him. <laughs> Brother of my 24-inch pythons. Yeah. Uh, but in my head, that's who influences I'm me. Doing as a the performer. Hogan, uh, thing. You can't. In see. terms of what I would recommend to watch, and yeah, yeah, I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man, yeah, as yeah. long as you're American, obviously, yeah, and uh, none of those other people. No, no. <laughs> um, in terms of recommending, I mean, I'd recommend this book and John James, and I, I, was, um, I used to review a lot of theatre. I, I was paid to review theatre uh, a couple of years ago, and just going to see like ridiculous fringe theatre, like fringe theatre, I think is phenomenal, and there's a lot of amazing stuff going on, and it... it like immersive theatre and just and I went to see an amazing thing it was set in a warehouse somewhere and it was all um, sort of it was they took instead of sending kids to prison they sent them to this it was called the Big House Theatre Company and they sort of put on this production and it was in this big warehouse and it was um, immersive so you sort of just wandered around and the thing went around and it was absolutely phenomenal it was about a girl that got pregnant and she was a boxer so I would recommend just going on the internet and type and just going to see just randomly going to see a piece of theatre anywhere doesn't matter just take a chance on a piece of theatre that's what I would recommend to do do it <laughs> alright uh, yeah cheers Martin do it thank all you very much um, <laughs> thank you Silence, <laughs>